Hey folks, Dave Iava here with another episode of Under Pressure, and we are thrilled to have Ron Musgrave of the Power Wash Network here with us today. Say hello, Ron. How's everybody out there doing in webcast land? Outstanding. Uh, Ron, uh, we, we just bumped into each other uh, at the last conference I went to, and uh, I, got to, I got to learn a lot about the industry and uh, you know, was able to ask you some questions. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, initially that I, I see with a lot of people I'm meeting, not just in this industry, but also in uh, uh, like home inspection, which is another area we do a lot of work in, is is taking, we all have to kind of face this, right? We, we, we're we building a business, we're doing everything ourselves, we're trying to figure it out, and uh, and then we, we max out the amount of time we have, and there's really nowhere left to go. We kind of have to decide, are we staying here, or are we going to start scaling this thing up? And and working toward becoming a you know a legitimate business that that's really becomes an asset. Um, so the, so the question is is, is wh- wh- where does the individual start? Where do they begin in that scale up process, and how do they get that process moving quickly? Okay, you've done all you can do. You built your one man you know army. You're you've you've you you're you're the guy who's writing the payroll. You're the dishwasher. You're the chief bottle washer. You you fuel the trucks. You stock the trucks. You know you're that guy. And when you think about this, as far as scaling up, you can't be that guy. It's just not possible. If you want to scale up any business, you've got to find talent and you've got to allow these other people. Uh, you know you got to you got to train a lot of these other people to take those tasks on for you. But I want to I want to say this day because I always be aware of this. I before I realized what I was doing. I built five competitors, okay? And then I realized that I'm not looking for me, okay? I'm not trying to clone me. I'm trying to find people that that maybe my weaknesses are at and I need to find that talent to f- cover my weaknesses versus trying to find somebody to replace right. me because if you're training you, you're just training your competitors. And what you want to do is you want to train specific people to do specific things with inside of your own organization. I always say organization, and guys think I'm talking about like outside organization. Your business, I'll just use that word, in your business, which is your organization, and a lot of guys don't understand that either. You have to you have to start thinking you're an organization versus just an individual person that has a, that that bought a job. And that's the that's the tough thing I think for a lot of guys in this blue collar service home service service industry to really understand is is that if you want to not be on the truck and not be the service person and you want to own that business and run that business your mindset has to change to where you have to start finding that talent to fill in to be the chief bottle washer to you know the guy that fuels the trucks the guy that maintains the trucks the, you know all all those different things that you need uh, that you have to plug in that you've done now and you've done all those positions, but you can't keep doing them if you want to right. scale. You know, one of my challenges was when I started growing it, and I'm glad you pointed out that that mindset aspect, you you really have to change the mindset. You know, I, I had all the answers for my business when I was the only guy. And when I started bringing people in, you, you, you know, I, I faced two issues. One was, uh, you know, being able to delegate and, and let go of things you know, was a challenge for me. And, uh, because I knew the answers, it was just quicker for me to do it myself. That just getting past that part was like a real challenge for me. How, how did you get past that the first time you had to scale up? 
I'm lazy. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, I, when I was out there on the wand in the middle of the night, pressure washing for hours, yeah. I was, this sucks. I need to figure out as fast as I can to get somebody to replace me because this is not what I want to do uh, with the rest of my life. I want to do, I want to build a business, man. I want it to be, you know, it, it sounds stupid, but I thought about McDonald's at the time because you have to remember this is 37 years right. ago. So this is when McDonald's is just exploding and becoming that giant that we all know. And then you, everybody knows the Ray Kroc story. I mean, he didn't want to flip burgers. That guy never flipped a burger his entire right. life. And, uh, and you know, basically I didn't want to be that. But I also knew that, you know, in order to get to the position that, you know, they were in. And I, and I always tell people this in training. And I, and I bring it to something more current because – Younger people understand Starbucks. And if you go into a Starbucks, it's a little smaller footprint than a McDonald's. And we can see the mechanics. You can't see behind the, the, the curtain um, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a Starbucks or at a McDonald's. But, it's, but at Starbucks, everything's right there in front right. of you. So you know that the caramel is right there in that spot number two. Right down below your knee, you know, down below in the cooler is the chocolate milk and the and the regular milk. I mean, it's right there. And you can walk into 5,001 of their units, go to one unit and go to the other unit, and it's all the same. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like any employee could just walk into a Starbucks and the, the, the cinnamon is right there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's got its spot. And they built all those systems around that because they wanted to scale that business. They wanted to, they wanted to make the same shitty cup of coffee the same way across the entire United States. It is, ba you know, it is battery acid, actually, by the way. The world, the world, <laughs> the world. No, but 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 why do we? But why do we go to McDonald's and why do we go to Starbucks? Because we know we can get a bad hamburger that's going to be consistently. We know what we're getting. You know right. what I'm saying? The same with the Starbucks. We could walk into another burger joint and it could be completely horrible. Right. Okay, but we know what we're gonna get with Starbucks, and we're and we're okay with it. We're okay with that bad cup of coffee because it's consistently, and we know what we're gonna get. And and a lot of times, guys don't realize that everybody wants to be in the in the uh, in the cleaning world. You want to be the best, right? They want to be. I I can clean better than anybody. I can do this better than anybody. And and maybe in the residential game versus the commercial game, the commercial game isn't holding that tolerance. You know, it's not somebody's single biggest investment. Right. Oh, they're just expecting a standard. You know what I mean? And just like Starbucks makes that bad cup of coffee, McDonald's makes a mediocre hamburger. A lot of times in the commercial world, you, if you think you're going to be the premier washer, you're not going to be because they're not. The budget doesn't. The budget doesn't. You know, uh, dictate right. that. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you were in residential game or if you did a little bit of commercial or you did a little bit of both, but because I don't know a lot of your background. But yep. Hopefully. Well, you know, we 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 were at your show. We we, we yeah, I just got off. I just got off a a tour of conferences over eleven days with yours included, um, where we went to four conferences in eleven days, and it was exhausting. Um, but it brings up another point that we talked about before we we got on air here. Um, you know, I'm listening to a lot of lectures. Uh, from a lot of different people. Some concepts are very similar. Some concepts are very the same. Um, and you got guys going from one show to the next show, and there's just a ton of information out there. How do you piece all that together? I mean, there's 
crazy amount of noise out there. And I, you know, how how do you? Take- oh, you mean the show the way the way we did the show? Yeah. Well, we we try to get good instructors, yeah. and I'm I mean, I'm not going to say everybody was perfect at this show because. We had more training going on than we normally do. We normally only have about seven or eight stations. We had right. 15. And, you know, it, it, like in anything, you find out that there are great guys and that there are guys that suck, mm-hmm. you know, and you invite the guys that are good back. I've been doing this for a lot of years. And when you find, like, when you find good talent, you know, you try to keep it and acquire it and and, and have those guys come back. If you have bad talent, you know, you, 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 you try to, and I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to tell this little story. Just because somebody's bad at something in your organization, don't just discard that they may not have another talent. Sure. We're going to yeah. find some other talents for those people, yep. and maybe they can help us do other things mm-hmm. that they might be better at. Because, you know, not everybody can instruct, you know. Um, and, and like you said, how do we do it? You delegate. And, uh, you know, you, you get people that are. Um, I won't hire anybody that's not self-disciplined or self-motivated. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that uh, I'll give a hiring tip here to people. First, they got to be raised right. <laughs> that's Amen. the that's the number one that's the number one key thing. And then they've got to be able to follow instructions. And I've got a very good video out there for hiring that tells you guys get frustrated with my hiring thing, but when guys actually take it upon themselves to hire people the way I'm explaining it to hire them, they start understanding that you're right, Ron, the most important thing is they can follow directions. Right. <laughs> because because if you if you get hire an employee and they can't follow any directions, man, you're training somebody that can't follow directions, you're just you're you're at your wit's end and I'm bald, so I'm not gonna pull my hair out, but you know, if I had any hair I'd pull it out, you know. And I and I'm gonna tell you something, Dave, just so you know, I suck with employees, just so you know. Yep. I suck. I that was one of my weaknesses in my business that I filled the gap with. Um I didn't want to hear about why you weren't coming in today. You know what I'm saying? Right. That to me why you weren't coming in was a problem. I have no empathy, sympathy, or anything, you know, and it was I, I was bad at that. And I had and I realized in a real bad situation where somebody had uh, a, a family member die, and I was very I was very insensitive and not sensitive to it. And that was the day I realized, hey man, you're just, you suck at this. You need to find somebody somebody that can handle this because there are people out there that you can hire that understand that people have problems and that that those problems now are our problems but we have to we have to figure it out and i'm not that guy you know i'm just not that guy gotcha gotcha so well you know going back to what we were talking about earlier too is is um is is you know when i bounce from conference to conference to conference right i i hear someone's bringing up a point on how to scale one way i talk you see another guy it's how to scale another way um, and we had talked about, you know, when you're building these systems, you can't simply just take from everybody because you're going to build a system that doesn't work. So how, how do you piece all that together? Where, what, what, how do you get everything in line so you can, you can go? Okay. You know, the bottom line is, is you cannot mix and mingle all these types of systems together. You got to really, you got to really pick somebody based upon, based upon, you know, what you believe and the person that's going to work for you. Not everybody, you know, not everybody you're going to like or trust. You need to you need to really find that person that's got the scaling blueprint and then really stick with that blueprint and try to try to do that. And I will tell you this, too. This is this is important, Dave. Guys don't try long enough or hard enough or 
They don't, they're not good students. You've got to be a good student. Um, there, there are great teachers out there, but if you're a bad student, you, you know, you're Absolutely. not going to, you're not going to have any value in whether you're paying for the paying for the instruction or whether you're not paying for the instruction. I've seen it both ways. I always tell people all the time, I go, no, man, I think you should give that guy. I think you should give it a little longer. People always want things instantly. And these types of things, when you're trying to build these things, they don't come instantly. Nothing, nothing comes instantly. It's like you were saying, you're, you get frustrated because, you know, sometimes you try to put piece things together and they don't come together right right away. It's, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. Can I, can I tell, tell you one little thing about, can I talk about systems? Sure, go ahead. A little yeah, tip on systems. First thing first, okay, guys, when you're building systems in your business, I found that one, systems without any accountability are junk. You throw them away. They don't work. And I'll give you, I'll give you a tip on accountability so you can get this in your head. Next, you see a single piece of paper. If a system is not built on a single piece of paper, each individual thing. I don't care if this is instructions on how to fill the coffee pot in the morning. Mm-hmm. It needs to be on one piece of paper, one simple piece of paper, one simple outline. Not a, a manual this thick is all great. and We all feel good when we're done with it, but there's no employee that's going to read Absolutely. it. It's not going to happen. Right. You're, it, it, you need one piece of single piece of paper. Second one, I said accountability on any systems. We all know this one because we've seen it. We've walked in the restroom, we've looked at the back door of the restroom, and we see where the employee signs off right. the restroom's clean. And we've all looked at it and go, we watch the employee come in, look at the restroom, sign the thing, <laughs> and go over there and go, he didn't do a damn thing right. here. You know what I'm right. saying? And the one that works is when the employee comes in, signs the thing, and guess who comes in afterwards and signs right after? Supervisor. The boss. Right. The boss. That's a system with an accountability. Now, does it mean the boss signs it every time? No. But the thought process of that the boss could come in because they see the signature line there that the bo- and they see the other right. initials where the boss did come in and sign it, they make sure that they actually do what they're supposed to be doing. And that's a system with an accountability in a, in a, in a very simple and fundamental way. It's very difficult to figure out those things when you're when you're building your own business to hold accountability to each and every task. So don't drive yourself nuts with that because sometimes you can't. And remember what I said, don't hire people unless they're self-disciplined anyways right. because if you hire people with self-discipline, they're going to follow through and they're going to follow instructions and they're going to do what you told them to do. And if you get, you know, but we all don't not everybody's we don't all have employees that are perfect like that. So that's why we have to build systems with accountability. Right. The other thing too is you could have you could have all you know. There's a there's a lot of areas of breakdown. So if you could have the greatest systems in the world, if you don't have that accountability, then those systems aren't going to work. You might even have the greatest systems in the world with accountability, but if you don't have the right people hiring, you're not going to get the right people into those positions. So it, it's a, it's a magical combination. It really is. Man. It is. It's a magical combination. And and I'll tell you, with that, with what you're saying there. A lot of times, 
building your talent from within is and and all the we know we don't have to mention these guys names they're all the billionaires in the Mm -hmm. world they all say that they better to find talent from within their own organization than to go to an ivy league college and and hire somebody that just graduated because they realize that the people that are within inside their organization you know they can find leaders within inside their organization they can train that talent within inside their organization and who knows their organization better those people. So building from within inside is always going to be, uh, it's going to be the greatest thing. But with that said, remember, lots of great entrepreneurs have built fierce competitors. And if you ever read the story about Price Club and Costco, mm-hmm. that's one of them. The guy mentored the guy, and he wound up uh, taking over. The entire business, and now what are they? The nineteenth largest retailer in the world. Yeah, we always talk so, about training your own competition. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. And he trained the guy, right. and and the guy took over his business. You know, and uh, that that's that's a story that maybe. Costco is a great company. Uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a very great company as far as employees go too, because the guy was very good and per se better than the actual founder of the company. You know, and uh, you know the guy wound up. I mean, I, that's not it's not a hard luck story. The guy that originally started the company did very well, but not in comparison sure. to the guy who actually took over the company. Um, but you know, and uh, that's just what you gotta. You know, you gotta always always keep your eyes open and don't be fearful of training your competitor. You know, because I I've, I I told you I trained five. Three of those competitors circled back around to my organization and came back into my organization. So you don't you don't ever want to burn those bridges. Okay, quick question on this: uh, When you're hiring an employee, because I get asked this a lot, is clean uh, someone with a clean slate? that you can mold and create or someone that you brought from outside the business who has a bunch of experience and could do the job. You already, you already know my answer. Yeah. I don't want any of those bad habits. <laughs> That's man. exactly right. Bad habits. You can't, you can't teach the, you know, you can't teach an old dog new yep. tricks. And, uh, I want, I don't want anybody with experience. I will put it out there that I will pay more. Cause occasionally once in a while, you can't just take it out of the equation right. altogether. Once in a while, you can find somebody with experience that you don't have that you can hire with inside the organization sure. that can help fill the void of a weakness that you that you have, right. and that would work. But as far as a technician training a technician from you know the ground up, no experience. I want to train them. Absolutely. I, I, I was reading uh, one of Donald Trump's old books and uh, uh, where he talked about. Um, you know, educated versus non-educated. And I thought this was fascinating. 50% of his executive staff has no college education. He tries to keep a, he tries to keep a balance within his organization of college educated and non-college educated because he believes street smarts are an asset to any corporation, you know, so balance, I guess, I guess he's correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, switching topics, um, You've been in the business a long time. I want to. I want to. I want to say. I want to say something to that you like. You say street smarts. It's kind of crazy because I've had in my management position, I've had people in my organization: two lawyers, one doctor, and a dentist. 
Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> and I even had a dentist try to apply to work for me. That, that was that was kind of that was kind of funny. And at the end of the interview, I said, "Man, what are you doing here?" He says, "Man, he says I just got out of dental school. He says I have my equipment set up in my garage." And he says, "By the way, he says I'm taking cash if you need any dental work." <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. It was in a 2008 downturn. Well, you know, so it's you, uh, you, it's you, similar you industries. You're you're both involved in cleaning. You know, so it's just similar mm-hmm. industries. You might need my teeth cleaned. I says, come on over. But I, I said, man, by the time I hire you, I said, you'll be back in the dental chair and you'll somebody else. You'll you'll found a job somewhere. But I thought it was kind of funny. But it, it is. But I but I did. I had uh, I had two lawyers, a doctor and a dentist that I they actually worked for me and became that after the fact. One here was just recent. Yeah. Uh, kid just got his just got his just passed the bar and uh He's been a lawyer for three months now, and he's working for the uh, he's working for the defense team at Maricopa County. He's already in practice. Oh no, kidding. because that's what that's what these kind of times do. You know, yeah. they're so desperate. Hey, he's right in the he's right in the saddle. So. And that, I got and there's some serious gonna, stuff going on in Maricopa fine. County. <laughs> he's some, he's going to do fine. Yeah, that, there's some stuff going down in that county. Um, <laughs> So going, go you know, you've been in the business a long time. Um, you know, you're well respected. Uh, you know, we we did our research on the industries when we started to get in, and your name popped up over and over and over. Again. Boy, you're lying yeah. about that. Well respected, no man. I got my haters just like everybody does. <laughs> you know, uh, we all do. We all do. There's no question about that. Uh, so, you know, where what's what's going on in the industry right now? What's getting hot? Um, what trends are there? What what can people? So I was going to tell you the explosion. As far as the the all the new guys coming in, I don't think it's as great now because of the things that are going to affect the economy here in the future. I don't think we're going to see a downturn in the economy. I just think that um, with things getting back to what we want to call normal, more and more people now are that were failing in the service industry are getting back to saying, "Hey, man, I got to go get a job. I need medical insurance." You know, employers are hiring again, so you know they're 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 continuing to go back to work. Some may continue to try to do it part time um, and go back and take their jobs. Others, you know, are uh, still getting into it. I mean, we I don't know as you saw at the event. Probably uh, if you saw the part where we raised the hands. Most of those people in that room, half those people were brand new people right, uh, right. looking to get into the business. So when you have two or 300 people in the room and half of them are getting into business and they showed up, I want to say in Nowhereville, you know, Florida, I mean, because we were not in Orlando, we were not in Miami, we're not in Atlanta, Phoenix, New York. We were in Nowhereville, Florida, and, you know, we had three or 400 people show up. And half of them raised their hand and said, "Hey, I'm brand yeah. new, trying to get in this business." So, it's still a big. Uh, it's it's a, it's an industry that's growing. Uh, there's room to grow. All these guys in this industry go, "Man, you're bringing all these new guys in." I said, "You know what? We need to raise these guys up. If we just let them come in and limp in, and they have no education, no fundamentals, um, they're going to destroy the industry." It's like it's like people don't realize, like athletes, when you play a weak team. You start dumbing down to their level and you play weak. Well, if we if we're raising up the standards of the you're, industry, you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, right? <laughs> I mean, particularly, that's who you're talking about. <laughs> Are you a hater? Are you a Dallas? I'm, no, hater? I'm, I'm I'm a Cowboy fan, but I've been watching them dumb down their game for 25 years. <laughs> man, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. I I I don't know if you know this. I went to school with. Uh, do you know who Chad White is? Chad White. That rings a bell. 
You know a guy named Danny White is? I, Danny White I just my he's, he, he actually was my favorite. I got his, I got his jersey hanging in my closet. He's my was okay. my favorite well, cowboy of all time. Well, I played ball with Danny, who's his younger brother, and it's funny. My high school coach played with Danny in college, so it's oh kind no of, kidding, it's kind of funny. Yeah, so we all knew each other and stuff. It was kind of it's kind of a cool thing, but and of course he's a cowboy, but yeah, uh, you know, and he he did that arena football for 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 a very long time, but yeah, yeah. Uh, very very cool to uh, know know them. And then I don't know if you knew this or not, Wizard was a. Uh, was an NFL player too, Danny's father. So, oh no, kidding! I, I, you White. know what? I did know that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they call yep. him Wizard White, and he was yep. a character. Man, he was really yep. a character. Good, good people, good family, good guys. Uh, they're all, you know, funny thing is they're entrepreneurs. They're all in business too. That's so it's kind of. Well, Dan, Danny White got to a bunch of NFC Championship games, so I, you know th- th- this is an entirely differently different breed of Cowboys. <laughs> we can't seem to get can't seem to get over the over that playoff win hurdle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ron, we're gonna take about fifteen seconds to pay some bills, and then we'll be right back. You certainly can't afford to give profit away for no reason. But what if I told you credit card processors may be overcharging you and robbing you of profits you've worked hard to earn? It's time to put an end to being overcharged for payment processing. It's time to take back your profits. That's why we've put together a free report, How to Avoid Being Overcharged by Your Payment Processor. Head over to TakeBackYourProfits.com, download the report, and put an end to being overcharged for credit card processing. You've worked hard for your sales, and you deserve to keep it. What are you waiting for? Go to TakeBackYourProfits.com and download your report today. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, we're here again with Ron Musgrave, uh, who is uh, we're having a ball today talking about some of the, the interesting trends and features of uh, the power washing and power cleaning industry. Uh, Mike, we were um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about Mike Rowe and his his conversations about how um, you're seeing a lot of college educated kids starting to work are starting to move more toward the trades and starting to move more toward what he calls the businesses that keep America going. And, uh, you know, for me, when I left, when I left my working world, I was with Southwestern Bell, which was at the time, at the time I was working for them. They were, they were one of the, they were literally the most liquid company in America. Now the pharmaceuticals hold that tag. Um, but it got to the point where, where, you know, you start to, I started to believe that, uh, having a job, uh, was more risky than owning a business. And, um, uh, and I, I see a lot of that. There's an entrepreneurial spirit among younger people, like you had mentioned before. I do agree with you. I think it's leveling out. But do you think? Do you think we're we're moving toward a trend, or uh, or how it will affect the power washing and power cleaning businesses? Moving toward a trend where more and more people just want to want to be their own boss. Yeah, I think it's it's probably a no brainer in the sense that, um, I hate to use the word the the s word, but I mean they're. There's freedom involved in it. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about the positive side yeah. of it. I mean, a job is uh, not free. I mean, I just had an argument with a guy. You know, he's like, I'm 22 years retired, and I'm collecting my pension now, and, you know, this or that. And uh, why are you still working, Ron? And I said, I don't work. I, I love what I'm doing. There's If you love what you're doing, it's not work, right. you know. And and I go, I go, and for 22 years prior, you had a job and you had to be there from nine to five every day. I basically woke up and did what I wanted to do, went went where I went, took a vacation when I wanted to, watched all my kids do every activity that I could possibly do. And you traded 22 years of your life for that security 
that I still have. I still have that financial security, and I had all the freedom that came with it for the last 22 years. And I think when when college kids realize, because I think they watch their parents, you know, I mean, and they and they've watched their parents grow up with that job. And uh, you know, my old man always would say, "Why would you work for somebody else?" And this was this is what this is what really got this guy's goat. Why would you work for somebody to make them rich? when you could work for yourself and make yourself rich. Right, right. And uh, my father always said that. And uh, it, it resonated with me because I've never, you know, my father never had a job. I never had a job. And, uh, you know, we've always been a, an entrepreneurial family. My, my brothers, my sisters, uh, everybody, everybody here has always, always been an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, that's what these kids are seeing. I think it's, it's not, it's a no brainer for them. Why do I want to, why do I want to be in a job for 22 years to go collect a mediocre retirement when they know now they can, like you said, less risk? Hey, if the business doesn't work, that job's going to be there, man. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to be there. And you, have, mean, you have time, too. Well, if things start to go south, you have yeah. time. I mean, it, businesses don't collapse in one day. You know, you you see it coming. Well, you see it and coming. Then look at look at the internet, and and here's there's the real reason why. The internet is giving them so much knowledge of so many failures now. Who knew 20 years ago Donald Trump had so many failures? Who knew that Jobs failed so many times? Right. I mean, Jobs was one of the biggest failures on in on the planet. Look at them now. What's 300 and some billion dollar reserve or something yep. like that? I mean, largest company in the world and people don't even they don't even know that. They think they they still think other companies are making more money and and here it is. Here he is. This guy was desolate and broke multiple times in his career, you know, and uh, now it's one of the most powerful companies in the world. It's, and, it's, and it's crazy uh, to think that's how it is. And would we have known that with the old school media, you know, watching sitcoms in the 80s right, and the 90s? Right. No, no, we wouldn't have seen that. Kids now, you know, here we go, man. I've got a, I, I had a four-year-old that was, that was texting on this thing. Yeah. You know, when she was four, using phonics, making her first Amazon purchase. Actually, she made two before we realized she was doing it and it wasn't us. You know, at four years old. <laughs> you know? it out. And and let me tell you, let me tell you one more thing. She's ten, okay, and she started to dance by self-teaching herself on YouTube. And when she went into a dance studio and went to a competitive event. She had showed at the event, which is, I don't know if you understand competition, means she's the best in her class. Right. You understand that? Of the dancer. She had never been in a competition in her entire life. And there was these girls that had already been there for four or five years that had been in these studios. And she self-taught herself. Off the internet, yeah. I'm gonna give tick. I'm gonna give TikTok a lot of credit, yeah, yeah. okay? Because <laughs> those this kids on TikTok. This is you know, bad for the Arthur Murray but, uh, business but, model, you but, know. <laughs> but 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 you but you do understand that that's what's happening, and I think that's what these kids are seeing. Right. They're like, and they're and they're probably devaluing their college education a little bit after they realize that, hey man, I really didn't learn a damn thing to. Uh, move me along in this job other than I think that what people don't realize is employers would hire college people because they said hey they committed to something they finished right. it and they completed it let's you know 
they're they're going to be a better candidate than taking a shot right. at somebody that didn't do anything. And I think that's all out the window now. Right. I think it's gone. Yeah, I, I do. Too. I do too. Um, you know, you know, going back to education. Um, in your industry, these these you've built a training organization, um, and, and you 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 know you go to these things, you you see three four hundred there at a time, and uh, there's five or six solid events a year, and you're talking about fifteen hundred, and some of those are the same guys, so maybe it's eight hundred or nine hundred out of an industry that might have uh, thirty thousand. You know, um, why why are some people so geared into education? How that how's that going to advance them uh, in comparison to the people who are you know, I mean, maybe they're doing some learning online. Maybe they're doing some stuff there too. I don't want to, you know, completely put them. In the I corner. think, I think that I think just like anything, you know, online, you have to sift through the garbage, mm-hmm. and you can go like we talked about before. You can go off in the wrong direction because you're following somebody that, you know, basically in theory they're trying to tell you something they really didn't do it. When you can come out, there's a thing about relationships that's never going to be replaced. You know, when you can come out, shake somebody's hand physically, lay your hands on the equipment physically, and actually seeing it working and understanding it, and then talking to somebody that you know, you check my credentials out, what I'm telling you is real. I'm first on YouTube. I was on the Internet in the in the late 80s. I've got blogs from the 90s, you know, I mean, about this industry. Obviously, that sets in that, hey, man, this guy's been around a while. He must be he must know what he's doing or maybe he doesn't know anything what he's doing and he's been faking it. But I mean, that's pretty tough, pretty tough for 37 years to fake it. But a YouTuber can fake it. I mean, we see it every day. They they say, hey, I'm going to become the next guru on online and I'm going to I'm going to sell these things. So there's there's an advantage to coming out to an event. You want to curve that learning curve, right? You want to take some time off of it. So if you if you invest in yourself, come out to an event, whether it's a free event or a paid event. Mm-hmm. My events are free, but I don't tell people not to go to paid events. They're great paid instructors. Again, you have to vet the instructors, vet the training you're going to, and choose wisely and know that you're going to and go there to get what you're going to get. I mean, some guys come out and they go, well, Ron, we didn't get what we were going to get at your training event. And I said, what did you think you were going to get? Well, we thought we were going to know how to power wash from A to Z. I said, well, that's like a six-week course. I go, I go. You, you, you have to get, you have to go out and actually do this and get trained up and do it with somebody for a little bit longer of time. All right, folks, uh, that's it for another uh, episode of Under Pressure. Uh, Ron, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I know you got an event coming up soon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we take off? Well, that's awesome. Thanks for having me, man. We're going to have an event in Houston, nationalcleaningexpo.com. It's a free event. It's on the 9th, 10th, and 11th. It's in Houston. It's at Washmart. It'll be at the uh, South Shore in Kima, Texas, guys. Just go to nationcleaningexpo.com, get registered for free. Love to see you guys out there. Great. And, guys, if you haven't been to one of the events, I've been to one of Ron's events, and it was uh, it was uh, a fantastic event, especially as a startup event. It was the first one of its kind, and, it, it, it you know, it, the appearance was is it ran really smooth. And I always say if you make a mistake, as long as no one sees it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. right. There was lots of mistakes. Yeah, you guys, did a, you guys did a hell of a job, though. I've been to a lot of first-time events, and it's uh, it, they looked like first-time events. 
defense, and yours did not. It ran very smoothly. So uh, hats off to you and your crew down there. But, uh, Ron, uh, I, ho- I hope you're uh, game to come back and join us again and share, uh, share some of that knowledge with the people out there watching. Be my pleasure. Again, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Thanks guys. a lot, buddy. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit the bell so you won't miss our next episode. This episode was produced by Jake Aronson. This has been a Pair Payments production.